we all want to be happier. But how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am your host and your coach, Brittany King, and I am so glad that you are here today. Now, I always say this because I do believe all of my guests are very special. That's why I invite them on the show. But this guest in particular is very, very, very special to me because it is one of my beautiful, good friends, Emma Hobson. Hello, Emma. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you. Stop. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. (laughs) So this is a really exciting conversation for a lot of reasons. Emma and I have known each other for quite some time now, what, like four years, four or five years. And our conversations used to start in the bathroom at the Madison, which is where I used to teach spin. And she would come to my 6am and she would get ready for work. And we would just talk and it would be not just like talking. It was deep conversations. And we had these bathroom chats and they Mm -hmm. were so amazing. And also you you're listening to this, but if you see a picture of beautiful Emma, she's amazing at doing her hair and makeup. And I, I don't have that gene. So I was like, watch her doing her hair and her makeup. And I just be in awe of this woman. I'm like, like, how is she all of these things at once? But anyway, so that is how our relationship started. And sometimes I would have her put makeup on me, even though I wasn't going anywhere. And, And that's really how it blossomed. And here we are today getting to do a podcast episode together. Well, and then I had sent you in one of our very first conversations, you know, we really bypassed the whole, so where are you from? And just went into like, this is the universe talking and this is how to, you know, to change. And in one of those very first conversations, we, you know, bonded over these podcasts that we had sent each other. So we've really come full circle, I was thinking, and, you know, recording for your podcast. I know it it really is complete full circle. So this episode is kind of like an eavesdrop. Like you're listening in on a conversation between two friends and I've been wanting to have Emma on the show for a while. And the reason I had her on the show for today is things in our world are a little bit, they feel like spinning out of control, spiraling out of control. And one of the things that I admire the most about You, Emma, is just your ability to take what's going on and really ground it. And you're so knowledgeable. You have done so much research and you are so strong in your beliefs that I, after I talk to you, I'm always so inspired about where you stand and in the world and how you don't waver. And that is such an amazing quality. And as I'm talking to you, Emma has a mentor wall behind her and RVG is staring at me right now. (laughs) I know. I love it. I'm like, yes. And we got Oprah. I mean, this is like going to be such an inspiring conversation already because we have all these amazing women, powerful women behind you and then a powerful woman in front of me. So the reason why we're here chatting is we want to talk about what's going on in the world, specifically in you know the United States, uh, social justice issues, and just get into the conversation. Because like I said, every time I talk to Emma, I always feel more grounded and inspired in a belief that 
I have or beliefs that maybe I was wavering or unsure of what to think or what to believe. And what I love about you, and I brought you on the show just to to gush on you and give you all these compliments, <laughs> but you I'm never really <laughs> loving it so far. <laughs> You never pushed your agenda on me. And I, you're always just like, it's very like, these are my beliefs. Like, these are questions that I'm going to ask you to like, figure out where you are at. And I love that about you so much. So that's why we're here. We're going to talk about the world and we're going to talk about things that really, truly matter and what we can do. Because I know that I've come to you and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like you were the person that I'm like, I am lost. Like, I just, I feel so uncomfortable and you kind of ground me and like remind me of where I stand. So I'll let you introduce yourself now that I've just given you that long intro, but let's just start with who you are, what you're about, and then we'll get into the the chat. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was an amazing tee up. If I ever do other, when I do other, you know, public speaking engagements, I'm going to ask that you, you know, introduce me because that's great. Well, my hype girl. Um, I'm Emma. I uh, am from Iowa City, Iowa, and grew up there and lived there my whole life until I came to college at ASU. Um, I have two older brothers and two amazing parents. So I, I have no story in that sense. I am very blessed and very privileged. And I think a lot of that is where this is all coming from. I came to ASU when I attended, or I came to Arizona when I attended ASU. And I really stayed ever since. So I majored in marketing, minored in sustainability, studied abroad for a little bit to get an international business certificate. And then a job came up at ASU to work in sustainability, but also for the foundation at first. And then I got my master's, executive master's in sustainability leadership at the university. Here we are now. I'm so glad you decided to stay in Arizona so we could foster our, our beautiful relationship. So like I said in the introduction, I, I really wanted to talk to you specifically today because right now the state of the United States and our democracy feels very unsure. Like there's just, we're, we're very divided. Things feel rocky. And when I reached out to you, you had said a lot of amazing things that really resonated with me. And I wanted to bring that conversation to the show today. So first I kind of want to start in the beginning. Like, you know, you did say you lived a wonderful life. You have phenomenal parents and there's no real like backstory in that. And you realize that you're very privileged taking that stance so early on. Like, how did you discover that you are privileged and you're using that privilege to make a difference in the world? Mm -hmm. I think I really got an amazing lesson. It's a story that I tell, never thought I would do it on a podcast or really broadcast it. But I think it was one of these formative moments that you remember forever. Um, I was young enough perhaps not to know better, but old enough to have a lesson learned. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table in Iowa and I looked at my dad and I said, wouldn't you want to vote for this other candidate? Cause then you'd have more money. And he looked at me and said, and not in a condescending tone, but one that was guiding and nurturing and said with all compassion, do you not have what you need. And I'm sitting in this, you know, great house, food on the table. That's kind of like, what? He's like, no, do you not have everything you need? Is there something that we haven't been able to provide for you that you need? And I was like, no, no, I have everything. And he was like, exactly. So it's our responsibility to help those that don't. And I was just like, oh, I get it. And I never, I never really referenced that. It wasn't until probably the last four or five years or so where I really think about that moment. And 
how the environment that I grew up in really did shape a lot of this. You know, you asked, how did you get into social issues? And I think it's kind of, I kind of laugh when I hear that because it's what we have to do. It's the right thing to do. Um, But I think it was the way in which I grew up. My parents both have a job in healthcare. And so seeing them dedicate their entire lives to taking care of others, you know, that set a precedent. And then studying sustainability really helped narrow in my role in this, you know, environmental, social, and economic justice for everyone. Love that. Like those, you know, you don't realize it until like way later on that, that like conversation that seems so like simple to you, like what an impact that had fast forward to where we are now. So you said something like, that's just what we do. Like, how could you not care about social issues? Um, Now, if that was the case, if people did care, we probably have a little bit of a different world right now. So what do you think the disconnect is between caring and not caring? You know, like there's this like separateness and people forgetting that we are all connected. And what do you think causes that? Or what, like, why are we, why are we here? (laughs) Why are we here? I think it goes back down to, we're actually not listening. I would argue that people with different viewpoints from me, it's not that they don't care. They care just as much, just maybe about something different, or maybe their care is about, it's coming from a different perspective. And that's really where it is, is to have an effective democracy, we have to be able to talk to one another. And the most effective communication is 70% listening. No one is listening to each other right now. We're just talking at each other, yelling at each other, but we're not actually sitting down and saying, what is it that you believe and and why is that? We're not having these conversations, Um, at least not on the scale that they need to be had, but a lot of change is local. Most change, I would argue, is local. And so I think this is why it's a really good opportunity to remind people that these conversations are powerful um, and they had to be had. But in terms of why I care about certain issues, you know, I hesitate to go there because I would say people that might not have been at Black Lives Matter protests, for example, it wasn't that they didn't care, but they didn't want to express it in that way. Or there was just, there was always this caveat this, you know, catch 22. And I'm very passionate about my beliefs. But I also understand that just because if someone wasn't there, it didn't mean that they didn't support it as well. Yeah. So I think you bring up a good point of like, just not listening, like the talking at each other. And it's like on all the different levels. And I don't want that to be in any way thinking that in my belief that you can't just stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay said our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it as, you know, I'm acutely aware of my privilege, even having the skin tone that I have is privilege. And I'm acutely aware of that almost to a sense of, you know, it's crippling in a sense, because you're like, I'm so fortunate, you know, and you're seeing other people that aren't able to live the life I'm able to live simply because they were born into a family or circumstances that they were, you know, and that makes me sad. I see our liberation, this evolving liberation, it's all bound. So, you know, it talks about when one person, we are not all free until everyone is free. You know, I take the word seriously, liberty and justice for all. I take that seriously, but it's also important to take a step back and have the conversations because I think we, you know, this might sound a little radical after the events on January 6th, but I think we have a lot more in common than we really think. I found myself saying a lot the last few weeks, like we're on the same team. We're on the same team. 
Yeah. Oh, there's so much, so much goodness there because we are on the same team. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Now you kind of mentioned like acutely aware of how privileged you are. And like, you've probably been aware of that much, you know, before 2020. And some people, including myself, really woke up to that privilege this year. And looking back, I like completely spiritually bypassed for so long. I didn't even know what spiritual bypassing was until this year. And then when I was learning about it, I was like, oh my gosh, obviously unintentional, but intentions, like no one has like bad intentions. So like, I know that I am probably, I'm in a majority of people that maybe were in that space, like not thinking that being privileged or where I'm at had an impact on other people. Like had no idea what that really meant until this year. So you kind of mentioned like it can be crippling. So for the people that have like woken up this year to it, like I've experienced it, I've gone like kind of back and forth to like comfort and then discomfort. And that's kind of what happened with me last week. But how do we continue to stay in action? Because like that emotion is crippling. Like the guilt that comes with like waking up to this realization is crippling. And obviously it's like, this is how, this is what we were born into, right? Like it wasn't our choice to be born this way, but it's our responsibility to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, that feels like a wave of resistance because it's like, I don't even know where to go, where to start. And that's kind of where I was at um, earlier this year. So, you know, we'll get into the action steps and then we'll dive into a little bit more, but how do we get out of inaction, like past guilt, past, you know, learning about everything, being in fatigue, like there has to be something that we can do on a smaller scale so we don't stop. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, how do we keep this action forward is you're awake. Now you can't go back to sleep, mm-hmm. right? So you, we were sleeping on things we didn't even know we were sleeping on. That's why we call it woke. You know, everyone's awake. Mm-hmm. hopefully if you're not mm-hmm. how um <laughs> good morning we're awake <laughs> welcome good morning sunshine good morning. <laughs> how are you doing today all right you're awake now now you're here yeah welcome you know and and i would argue that black and brown people have been saying this for so long and and to say that this fight is done is um you know far from the truth but i think it's also understanding our democracy you know, so Americans have lived with democratic institutions for so long. It's easy to think of democracy as being defined by these institutions. So constitutions, Congress, elections, courts, it's easy to think that democracy, that's democracy. But these are actually the instruments for democracy's realization. So democracy is a lot larger and more expansive. It's a way of living. So John Lewis says said that democracy is an act, not a state. You know, democracy is something that we have to do every single day. John Lewis said it's each generation's obligation to do its part to help build a nation and a world society at peace with itself. So, you know, when all of this unrest is happening, we're paying attention. And sometimes people tap in at different periods. You know, it's easy to not pay attention when it's all working well. Mm-hmm. Or it's easy to be, oh, wait, now now that everything is going, hey, why, what is this? You know, we have to pay attention to democracy. We have to practice democracy. It requires constant vigilance every single day. Mm-hmm. It's this social and ethical commitment. We live in this democracy. So it's something that cannot and should not be limited to a ballot box. Mm-hmm. It's practiced every day. So speaking, deliberating, educating, marching in time. These are just some of the actions, but it has to be done every single day. And you can't let up because then it slips. And our democracy has been under assault in the last four years, threatened because 
we, the people, make up our democracy. But when it's under assault and slips into this more authoritarian control, that's where we lose sight of what democracy is. And I would argue that our democracy prevailed. You know, we're not out of this. It's going to be a difficult road ahead, but democracy prevailed. Mm -hmm. And we showed our power in the numbers and who we elected. Mm -hmm. So I have hope that we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Well, and and you know, I do think like that is the word is hope. And you had said like democracy, America can be heartbreaking. It's messy and it's flawed, but it can be so beautiful. So let's touch on like what makes it so beautiful and like what is possible. Cause I think we get so, Mm -hmm. um, our brains just get so caught up in the past and we keep creating based off of the past and we keep, it's like creates that cycle, but there's also possibility in the future, maybe that we don't see it right now. So I'm curious from like your perspective, what can make it beautiful in the future? Us, Mm -hmm. you know, each and every one of us, we often look to DC and these, you know, prominent elected officials that they are democracy, but in essence, democracy is you, it's me, it's a conversation, it's schools, it's communities, it's homeless shelters, it's everything. It's everything. It's all of us. And that's beautiful because we can lead this change. And I think it's understanding that everyone has the ability to lead whatever change it is that they want to see and be. Um, They just have to believe in themselves and in their community. So I think it's, you know, it can be really overwhelming at times because there is so much change required, mm-hmm. but it's understanding and we'll get into this, but you know, that change takes time and it's a little more manageable when you think, okay, I might not be able to change absolutely everything right now in this current moment, but a lot of it is local. Most of it is local. You know, so those local elections, it's not, elections aren't every four years, you know, like we think, and that's not, democracy is not limited to just that ballot box. So what about the people that feel like, well, that's not my problem. That's a them problem. And it's not a me. And, you know, we had kind of touched on like, nobody's free unless everybody's free, but there's a lot of that division and separation. It's like, we don't feel like what's going on in one part of our town affects how we are living in our little bubble. How do we shift from that type of thinking? I think the shift is already happening, especially amidst this pandemic. You know, I'm very fortunate that I had a great education and I went to Arizona State and they taught from the systems perspective. So thinking systematically and what I mean by that, and I could see it almost happening real time because once you once you see something, you can't turn away now. We've seen a lot, but you know, I've had this education where I've seen that everything is connected, everything. And I felt like we weren't really having these conversations until this pandemic, you know? So I remember it was such a huge deal that the South by Southwest conference was canceled. And you hear people saying, how can this this conference be canceled? You know, there are so many Uber drivers that depend on that and local businesses that depend on that. And over $600 million, you know, goes to the economy in the city of Austin for this. So how could we? And I was like, yes, this is devastating, but this is good. We are seeing how this is all connected. Um, so I think just further having conversations and realizing that we are all connected, especially in terms of healthcare right now. You know, I'm seeing someone out my window and I don't know him. I might not ever see that man again, but his health is my health. My health is his health. And so seeing it truly like that, it is all connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you said that. And it's so true. I mean, when even when I just think of like gratitude, like if you go down the gratitude rabbit hole of like being grateful for like the computer, 
because we can have this conversation and then mm-hmm. thinking about like grateful for the engineers that put it together. And then it like, just like trickles down into like the person that came up with the idea and how it is all interconnected and gratitude always kind of brings me back and anchors in that connectedness. But I agree. Like, I think this year in particular had really, um, has brought up these conversations and they're really meaningful and they're important to have. And especially in our generation and, and beyond, like we are shaping the world for our future. And yeah, it's like thinking, I keep thinking about like the type of world that I would want my, my future child one day to live in. And, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of have this like shift in my, um, in my thinking because of that. Cause I'm like shifting into becoming a mother and what is this world? And like the way the world is right now makes me it like, it's, it's kind of terrifying at times. I'm like, what mm-hmm. I want to have, like, what I want to bring a child and how the world is right now. And like, at times I'm like, absolutely not. But like, there is hope because like, I know that I can be a part of that change, even though sometimes it feels hopeless or I feel hopeless, which is just a thought that I have. Like whenever I think I don't know what to do, it instantly shuts off any sort of type of action that I can take because indecision, our brains hate confusion, hates overwhelm, hates the, hates the thought. I don't know when we say that our brain just shuts down. And so then we can't get into action. And I have caught myself so many times being like, I just don't know what to do. And so then I just don't do anything because my thought creates the result. And like, that's not like, that's not what I, that's not what I want. And that's why I have these conversations because sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to like be my, my circle of influence needs to be bigger than what I'm currently doing. If I don't know what to do, because if my influence is more into that action, then it won't be, I don't know. It'll be like, oh, this is what I could do. It's like, you always have to do something. And that's what I always think with indecision is whatever I choose to do is the right thing. Cause I chose to do it. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you bring up a great point about, you know, thinking about the future generation, right? But a lot of us, it's almost rethinking and reframing our mindset. And this comes from my education and sustainability, but so often we say, you know, to protect future generations. Well, there's a couple of things with that. You know, humans actually see their future self as strangers. You're not as likely, as much as we would like to think or hope, do something for a stranger. And so how can we take care of a planet if we don't even want to take care of our future self? You know, that's a whole unpacking right there. But it's not actually for future generations. It's right now. We need help in saving right now. We are part of the first generation to feel the true effects of climate change. and Fortunately and unfortunately, we are the last generation that can really do anything about it mm-hmm. until a lot of the damage that we've done is, is irreversible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's terrifying and that's daunting. It's also really exciting because our generation is demanding this and we are asking for change. That's why I have hope because I think we have a lot more in common than we realize. Yeah, that's I love that you brought that up because it's true. Like the future is not a later date. It's we created in our mind in the present. So it's like when we're thinking of like future generations and then you really think about it, it's like it starts now and like it's like whatever you create in your mind now will benefit in the future. A hundred percent. I love it. And we'll go into, I think you talked about, you know, practices that we can do, mm-hmm. but you touched on, you know, that mindset and coming from a place of gratitude. And I think especially right now, but always, you know, it sounds, if you know you're listening and that isn't something you do, well, you know, just trying it out. I know it can sound a little hokey, but really coming from this place of gratitude and getting in this mindset 
and becoming resilient in your mindset. You know, people spend so much time in the gym um, or, you know, you go to your doctor, but it's also checking back in at home and with yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing, you know, this is a huge area, but seeing not the limitations, being aware of them, but the possibilities, seeing the possibilities instead of those limitations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it does, I think like gratitude does create more possibility and more abundance, like seeing what, what, what is going well and what you do have versus what you don't. And then that creates more of that. Um, so I want to kind of touch on, like we were talking about the idea of good and bad, like that polarity. And, and this is so important in just so many areas, like even just in personal life, I think about it with food all the time. Like the amount of times when I'm talking to clients and I'm like, Ooh, like I was so bad this weekend. Like I ate this and we get into this place of like good or bad in all these areas of our life and like good or bad. It's, it can be, it's not like this or that, like there's, there's something about it that we need to like, let go of this good or bad binary and come back to like this middle, this middle ground. So I want to talk about that because we had kind of mentioned it uh, before we hit record. So I think that that's a huge issue of why, or the reason why we are where we are today is because we are saying, you know, some people think that Democrats are bad. Some people think that Republicans are bad. And in all actuality, you know, neither is good nor bad. We just have to listen to each other and have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I kind of want to shift gears because I know we had discussed, like, I come to you when I'm unsure of what to do. And that and we had kind of just talked about indecision, how that just keeps us stuck. So I want to make sure that we spend time in like productive, giving suggestions and ideas to get some thoughts flowing to whoever is listening or whoever needs to hear this, that people can take tangible steps that don't have to be huge, massive steps, but can be small because I believe like those little steps, they add up and they create that big change that we are all desperately like yearning for. So let's get into some action steps. Absolutely. And especially right now, you know, on top of the events that took place on January 6th, on top of the social racial unjust that we are currently experiencing, we are in the middle of a pandemic, you know, in the pandemic alone, right after you asked me to do this podcast, an article popped up for me. And it was, you know, the, the toll that this is all taking on Americans. I was like, oh, this would be good. little pre-read. And it said that COVID alone has attributed to 78% of Americans reporting that the pandemic is a major source of stress. Obviously, would love to talk to that other percentage because, uh, yeah, pretty stressed. But and after, you know, all of COVID, after Wednesday, we are heightened, right? So it activates our sympathetic nervous system, that flight or fright response, and we are prepared for action. We're getting really tense. And when we have these periods of action, we are they're followed by relaxation. But we're experiencing so many of these constant threats, that stress, that we can't escape this like flight or fright response. So our adrenaline just keeps pumping and then system failure. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of things that I do mentally. I'm sure that this is more, you know, this is your space. So, you know, hearing what you do as well um, for the, you know, mental and personal health, but I love to walk. Everyone knows me that knows that I love to walk and I wanted to do walks without my phone, but that's not 
terribly safe. So instead, what I started to do is take walks without my headphones, because if I'm in my apartment, I'm on calls, I'm working from home still, I'll be listening to the news, you know, and there's constant overload that when I'm going on these walks, instead of listening to music or another podcast or whatever it may be in that current moment, you know, even if it's just half the walk, just be still and be silent. Um, but if you're listening to this on a walk, keep listening because, yeah. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> right. Um, another thing I like to do um, is home projects. It's a really good way for me to challenge myself and distract myself first and foremost. So people think, if you know me, you see a lot of my projects and that I really like to do this, but now you know really why. It's a just way for me to distract and focus my energy in um, in a productive way. So I've DIY'd my whole apartment at this point. So if anyone needs anything done, let me know. <laughs> uh, and I journal. So I've really gotten more consistent with this over the last year, but um, just expressing what it is that I'm feeling. Cause a lot of times I don't know until I start writing. So what it is that I'm seeing, what I'm feeling and what I think I can do about it. A lot of times people don't know where to start. Just start with what you ate that day with a, smell that you had, um, a feeling that came to you that you don't, even if you don't know quite, you know, where to pinpoint it or where it's coming from, it usually works itself within the journal. So on the sixth, when everything was happening, I grabbed my journal right away. And that's exactly what I did. Just start writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then connect with mentors. So you mentioned the wall behind me. Um, and that's so I, for many reasons, you know, so I have this daily reminder of people that I so admire and look up to. And every day I can kind of start by saying, getting in the frame of mind that they were in, are in, how they approach challenges, how they carry themselves, um, or when I need to make a big decision, you know, sitting here thinking about them, how they might handle it. And just being reminded of those that came before me. And then with my mentors, you know, ones that I can actually call on, um, asking for their time, you know, not all of the time, but doing a checkpoint quarterly with your mentors and having this small group of individuals that you can call on um, and they can guide you through because everyone needs that. And then you're more likely and more capable of doing that for someone else. So that's how this whole cycle keeps repeating of goodness. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I think, I mean, all, everything that you just shared is so tangible and it's so important to do first, like before any sort of action, like just being able to check in with yourself in those ways and do stuff for you. Like you touched on these different areas that were all for you. Walking is moving your body, doing the DIY projects is good for, it's just, it's fun. It's like something outside of what you usually do. And more than it just being a distraction, it like challenges you in a way, and then you get the satisfaction of finishing it. Uh, so that is awesome. And then the mentors, and I love, I mean, I love that you have that mentor wall. Cause it really is that like mirror reflection of like, how do I want to show up? What is it about these people that I admire? And like, how can I emulate that? Because it is always that important check in with yourself and you know how I feel about journaling. I think that journaling and I love, I love that you went to your journal, um, last week, like right away and like have that practice that it just becomes automatic. Cause a lot of times people will come to me and be like, what do I do? Like, I'm feeling like, I'm just feeling spirally or out of control. I'm like, well, have you written down what's going on in your mind yet? And they're like, no, I don't know what to write about. Mm-hmm. Like, 
how do you not know what to write about? You just told me that you're spiraling and you have all these things <laughs> going on, right? So a lot of times people get stuck in like doing it right. And like, there's no right way to journal other than taking a pen and writing down. Like it doesn't even have to be legible. It can literally just be a conscious stream of thoughts. And the reason that's mm-hmm. so important is it gives your brain, your conscious is like, dumping your conscious, like unloading on this piece of paper. And it's sending a message to your mind, like got that sorted out. We're good. Like don't need to necessarily continue to think this way. So it's really helpful just to see what's going on in your mind and how it's making you feel. Because a lot of times we feel and we don't attribute it to the way that we're thinking, but all feelings come from our thoughts, no matter what. But we have so many thoughts a day, and especially when we are triggered by something that happens in the news, that we don't even realize what's causing the discomfort. And I kind of had to do that too because um, what um, when everything happened on Tuesday, I was not on social media. I was not like paying attention to anything. I was like really in the zone, and I went on social media and saw some stories, and I was like, nope, 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 not not doing it, not realizing what was going on, right? And like that ended up being a really big check-in for me because I just needed to check in with how I was feeling. Like, why did I think it was okay for me to just to, to t- tune it all out? Because that's what I used to do in the past. So I defaulted to old habits because that's comfortable. So that's the fight flight or freeze, right? Like there's also that freeze element. And I just was like, I kind of went into flight. I was like, I'm out. Like before I even gave it a chance, like, cause I'm like, I can handle this now in the past. When I defaulted, I might've just not had the capacity or the skills to, to take in the, um, consume the news without it having a negative impact on me. But now I have the skills. So it was just a very interesting place for me to be at that time, because I know, I know what to do. And that's the practice that we always have to be in is like, we're always going to default to easy thing. We're always our brain. If we feel under attack, our brain's only job is to keep us alive. Like it's like, doesn't want to go into things that feel like a threat. And so when we see our capital under, under threat, our brains are like, Oh my God, retreat, you know? And like, so it's just getting in that practice and knowing what's going on. So I love that you mentioned journaling for everything that I just mentioned and so much more. It's like such a powerful thing. So if you're listening and you want to journal, this is the sign. This is your sign. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And it is so powerful because I also took to journal and it got me to a place of like understanding what was going on in my mind that was causing this reaction in me. And it was so powerful because I was like, oh, this is what's happening. And it was such a moment of growth um, in that space of like no longer pushing away the things that make me uncomfortable, particularly things that are happening in the world, because just because it's happening over there doesn't mean that it's not impacting me. And now I'm finally allowing myself to be open to that. And this year has probably been a huge year of that, a huge year of that. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? I think you know what I mean. Right. Well, and I appreciate you saying, I appreciate you saying, you know, cause when you reached out to me, like, what, what can we do? What's going to happen? You know, um, when this was all taking place and saying, you know, I just like, I couldn't do it. And I don't know if this is the best advice, but I think a lot of the, and I, I think I gave that disclaimer, like, this is not advice that you're going to get in your, from the, um, you know, mental health guru, <laughs> but I said, turn on the TV. Mm -hmm. watch what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really disturbing. But I think a lot of the reason why we are where we are today, with a lot of miscommunication is because we opt out to things that don't affect us. 
And once we realize that this is all connected mm-hmm. and I might not experience, I won't experience a fraction of the hate or oppression that someone with a different skin color will have. It's my responsibility even more mm-hmm. to help them have the opportunity at the life that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, the freedom that I have, mm-hmm. the peace of mind that I have, you know, it's my, my responsibility to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of our problems are just, okay, I'm going to turn that off. It doesn't matter. You know, democracy takes all of us. Mm-hmm. What we saw on the six was our democracy mm-hmm. under attack. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to turn off the TV and go for a walk or just stop that all. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a really important point Mm -hmm. in that you actually need to dive in. You need to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You need to see what's going on. And if not for any other reason, you know, personally, that is my biggest case for a person, you know, but let's say you are a business owner. People want to invest in companies and organizations that stand for something Mm -hmm. more likely than the latter. So they want their purchase to mean something. Mm-hmm. So if you are a brand or you're selling a product and you're on Instagram posting because you were like, I don't want to look at this today. And you are now posting about your skincare routine. Yeah, that's not going to last. You will lose consumers because we're under attack. <laughs> totally. Care about your skincare look at routine. what I ate for breakfast. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. I And I love that you brought that up because it is so true. It's like, this is like, the world that it is so important on so many levels, like to check in with that. And to your point about turning on the TV, I think it is like, there's like that balance between overconsumption and we said doom scrolling and just being like, so, um, glued to it. And then also consuming from a place of interpreting everything as a neutral thing that's happening that you don't have control over because it is neutral because you don't have control over what's happening and seeing how your brain interprets it because like that's where the power is is like this is what's happening and this is what I'm interpreting and how it makes me feel and it's not maybe supposed to make you feel good but it's maybe going to swing you into action or doing something about it and that was kind of like where I had this moment of growth this last week because like I was defaulting to my old my old patterns easy identity, but I had made a promise to myself in May that I would never do that again. And then here I was presented with an opportunity, but just having that like switch of like, this is not an option. Like I promised myself that opting out was no longer an option and being able to then consume from a place of neutrality being like, this is neutral. And like, sometimes that's hard to hear. It's like, no, it's not neutral. It's a bad thing. I'm like, this is a neutral thing that's happening. How I'm interpreting it is creating the emotion, which is going to drive my action. And like, that's where I've gained my power back because when I had reached out to you, I felt powerless and I was like, meh, like floundering around in the middle of the ocean. And then like your words were kind of my anchor of like a little bit of tough love that I needed to like check in with myself. Um, because that's so important. It's like, you can't have, you have to have people in your life that won't like say the like soft thing, right? Like, cause I, and I feel like a lot of people like, cause then I was talking to other people, they're like, yeah, like you've been through a lot. Like you just had a miscarriage, blah, blah, blah. And like, that was where I was coming from. It's like, I just don't have the mental. Meanwhile, I'm like, democracy is under attack on your TV <laughs> privilege. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's like, but, but it, the thing is like, 
I, I needed that. Like at first I was like, well, like it was just a really good check-in. And the reason why, you know, I'm sharing this with, with you, whoever's listening right now, it's like, it's okay to like, not, not know in the moment, but it's just, you just have to give yourself a little bit of space to respond instead of react. And like, sometimes reaction is doing nothing. And if that doesn't feel good, you just have to like kind of tune into that. So the reason why I share is because like, that was my experience. And like, it was so powerful. And like, I'll always remember that as I move forward. It's not like this is going to be, you know, the only issue that comes up for the rest of, of my life. Like there's going to be more. So I'm like more equipped to be like, this is how, you know, like this is what to do. So I know we just kind of went off on a tangent, but I felt like that was important for us to touch on. What other action steps did you, did you have? Like, I know we kind of talked about like the mental health because it starts with us, but then like, let's shift that to the more tangible. Yeah. So I think something that's really helpful for anyone that's listening is, and I'm not sure if you've talked about this before, but maybe in a future podcast to really go into the art of visualization we so often do that with our lives and with, um, you know, at work, what does it look, what do, does this project look like in two years from now? You know, setting that blue sky, ultimate goal, you know, don't let any of these limitations or, you know, the logistics of it get in the way. What does it look like? But we don't really do that, or at least I haven't, with our world, our future. You know, so really visualize this future that you want to be a part of. So imagine yourself, you're in this beautiful world, 10 to 20 years from now, what does your life look like? What are the lives of your friends and your family? What do they look like? What do you see? What do you do? How do you feel? Are you breathing in fresh, crisp air? You know, really get into the detail. Just write, visualize down to your day-to-day activities, the food that you're consuming. Then imagine being thanked by this next generation in achieving this vision. What is it that they're thanking you for? So really diving into this and write it all out. What's this future that you desire? Because when this all goes wrong, you know, we, there is that fright, fight, or freeze. And People want to work towards a future they desire, not one they fear. And we're leading with this doom and gloom message that that's not going to motivate anyone. So when you can remind yourself, it's not to say that bad things won't happen or aren't happening. It's to say that, yes, bad things are happening, but this is part of our journey to get to where we want to be. We have so many more people awake now than we had before. That's amazing. Maybe it took this to get to that future that we desire because they're a huge part of the future that I have in mind, but it's easy to stay more. It's not to say you're not going to get sad. You know, we're going to get sad. And that's this next part is understanding that change takes time. It rarely happens all at once. Um, That's not an excuse not to act, but you can't let it burn you out either. When you have this idea of the future that you want, the future that you desire, the future that you are working towards, you're more likely to be able to take these hits. Now, it's going to be hard. When I really think about what happened at the Capitol, or when I think about the murder of Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery, you know, he was hunted like a predator to prey. He was hunted and killed. 
like, I cry thinking about that. That's devastating. So it's okay. It's this next part. Understand that change takes time and you have to feel what you're feeling. So I didn't let myself get out of this this week, last week, watching what we were watching. I let myself dive in and stay there. And then when I was ready to come out, come out. Now we don't, you don't, it's okay to get sad. We just don't stay sad. That's this action that comes next. And reminding yourself of the future that you desire, working through it in the, you know, tips that we've lined up before, whatever it may be, everyone's going to look different. Go for a walk. You know, I actually don't do well talking to friends right away. I got, unfortunately, mom, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I snapped at her because she had called me and I was just not in that place. So some people do call their friends to really, that's part of their routine and how to deal with these traumas. That's not mine. Mine is to more so be alone and just navigate these thoughts. But whatever it might be, you know, having that, reminding yourself of that vision and realizing wholeheartedly that these change that we're seeking, it takes time. Um, and not to suppress those feelings and to celebrate small wins. So it's so unfortunate because, you know, our democracy really did prevail. And then moments after we were under attack, um, but there's a lot of good. So it's, you know, celebrating these small wins and big wins too. Another huge part is listening to these whispers. So I think a lot of people are upset. They don't agree with what's going on, but then they don't really know what to do. And I wrote down in prepping for this, you know, listen to the whispers. And then I was reminded, you know, as I was sitting here waiting for a call of, we both read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I was like, I know I booked Mark one of those pages, but she kind of talks about this. And I flipped it open right away. And she says, when heartbreak rings, answer the door. And I guess that's what I mean by whispers, you know, listen to these whispers, answer the door. Because this is what it sounds like to refuse to answer the door. I wish I could learn more about that injustice. I wish I could visit that sick friend. I wish I could get involved with that cause. I wish I could read that article. I wish I could show up for my family. But I can't hear you because it'll break my heart. It's like we really believe that our hearts were meant to be kept hidden away, bubble wrapped, and under lockdown. And so the point of life is not to be moved. That's not the point. When we let ourselves be moved, we discover what moves us. Heartbreak is not something to be avoided. It's something to pursue. Heartbreak is one of the greatest clues of our lives. So I think we have to remind ourselves that if you're sad, it's okay to be sad. And we all have these different points that are going to move us. It's all going to be different. But instead of running away from that feeling, you know, we're kind of conditioned that when you're sad, oh, let's get happy. No, if you're sad, it's okay. Be sad. Listen to that and see what you can do after that to really move that into action. And then these last two are really on with, action. So it's truly being and acting whatever it is that you want to see. So democracy doesn't work unless we do. So when I was writing down what was frustrating me on the six, you know, these people believe that they are true. You know, so that's a, that's a problem. But really putting myself trying to understand where their thoughts or emotions as horrific and un-American as they were, really understanding that it was devastating to think that they believe that they are true. Um, so how, you know, I might not be able to help everyone that was there understanding, but I can start to practice these things a little more. So instead of listening to respond, reminding myself always to listen, to actually understand what the other person is saying. Um, we have a huge issue with misinformation right now. So holding myself accountable in articles that I share, 
in facts that I relay just in conversation, you know, when you're on Twitter, whatever it may be, and you say, Oh, I heard this, I heard this asking myself, I'm not going to say this until I know what is that source? Or is this confirmed and holding my friends accountable? You know, hey, where did you get that? Or, you know, hey, can you send me that article? I'd like to read more about it, not going against them and fighting them. But if I want to see more factual evidence and stories being told, then I have to hold myself and the people in my circle accountable. And also playing devil's advocate with yourself, you know, always wondering what is the other person might be thinking, what they might think about me and, you know, what their beliefs are kind of goes back to that whole caring thing. And this might be a good way to start the new year for some people as we're, you know, because I think we're all agreeing, like we're start now, right? After the <laughs> beginning that we had starting now. It starts, at least starts in February. Let's be real. <laughs> but incorporate a lot of this into your resolutions. Um, and with, you know, I'm reminded of this in our, the dollars that we spend, do you want X amount of percent of your income to be going to local businesses or setting up a goal to volunteer X number of, with X number of organizations, you know, making this a part of your daily life. And I think ultimately it's just having hope and agency. When I say agency, I mean being a part of a community that you're passionate about and really getting involved. Uh, again, democracy isn't just this once every four year type of thing that happens in a ballot block. So it's really belonging to something that aligns with your values. So if you really care about animals, then getting in your community and volunteering at a local animal shelter. If you care about victims of domestic violence, then helping out in, a, in your community at a shelter, supporting these men and women. Um, so really taking, you know, you might not be able to help everyone on this scale, but if everyone that is feeling this feeling, instead of just performing, making that post, it goes with your aesthetic, really transforming, moving from the place of performing to transforming and actually say, okay, I can't help everyone right now, but if everyone went in their community and helped out with things they're passionate about, we can make some change that is a part of this 10 to 20 year vision that we're looking to achieve. Um, and there are ways to keep hope, you know, look at those that came before you and what they endured it's what we talked about when you texted me last week is, you know, if, if John Lewis could stay engaged in democracy and hopeful about democracy, then we certainly can. Um, practicing gratitude, revisit that vision of your perfect world time and time again, because when you get sad, you will get sad. Revisit that and remind yourself what it is that you're working towards, what you're fighting for. And look at all of the possibility, not limitations. There's going to be helpers and good in every situation. Sometimes it's going to be harder to find them, but they are always there. And if you can't find them right away, then you just have to be them. Drop the mic. That was beautiful. And that was so amazing. Thank you for sharing those tangible steps and so much goodness and wisdom in there. And I know that I got so much from it and I'm hoping that whoever is listening also did. Cause when we were talking about this, we're like, what would make this a home run? And we both agree just like one person, something that they can take away um, and it resonates with them and they start to be a part of that change. And it's so interesting because like a lot of the stuff that you talked about, it's like applying that to like personal life, like talking about feelings and emotions and like your heart is not meant to be like protected in this fragile little place all the time. And the worst thing that can happen is an emotion. So it's just like for me, like mm -hmm. hearing everything that you said is like 
those are my practices. It's like taking those practices and integrating them in with the social issues in our world and like not keeping that separate. And it's like, I'm sitting here wondering, like, why have I kept that separate? Because I'm like opening myself up to feeling these emotions within my personal life. And then it just reminded me, it's like, oh, because I was like living in a privileged little bubble and now the bubble's been popped. <laughs> so it's like finding that like integration. And like, that's kind of like, that's where I'm at on my journey. But I think like everything that you shared is taking those practices, like everything you just mentioned, I'm like, that's all of the things that I do, integrating them, not keeping them separate anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought that up about visualization because I took a note that the visualization um, that I do, that I've done with uh, my clients and the workshops that I'm doing, I'm going to integrate questions about visualizing your perfect world and what that looks like. Cause then that becomes like those tangible steps because when it comes to the visualization, it's the feelings that come from it. So it's like connecting to the feelings of the type of world that we want to live in um, and like what the future generation is going to thank us for. So Thank you for sharing and using your voice. Like I had told you, I'm like, I've always thought this about you, but you have an incredibly powerful voice. And I hope that um, you continue to use it because I do believe that it can move mountains. And I think that, um, you know, you have been doing this work and you've been making these changes within yourself and they're starting to like shine out of you, not start. They've been doing that for a while, but I think like maybe you're starting to see that more of like whatever the pull is. So Mm -hmm. I hope that you continue to listen to that nudge because um, it will make such a big difference in this world. So I'm so grateful for you and our friendship and this conversation. Where can people find you? They have any questions or want to talk to you? You can find me on Instagram. I, my DMs are open. So let me know if you want to chat. It's at Emma Leone. Um, and yeah, so that information there and I'm um, working on a website that's called letsoptin.com because it's so easy to opt out of these conversations and these experiences that don't seemingly affect us, but they are all so connected. So trying to create a place that allows people to get information and reminds them of why we need to opt into the conversation, even if they make us feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, just listen to that heartbreak a little bit. Don't yeah. be so scared of it. Um, Cause it's really telling. We got to lean in. I will. I love you, sis. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Ooh, man, I knew that was going to be good. I have been looking forward to having that conversation for so long, and I'm glad that we finally made it happen. So Emma touched on some amazing tangible things that you can do. She also mentioned visualization, and if you listen to the episode before this, I talk about the power of visualization and how to visualize, and I'm actually doing a vision quest workshop virtually on January 30th, where I will help you let go of the old to make way for the new. And we will do a guided meditation. We'll do a little bit of movement and we will get super clear and create the space to create a vision board for 2021 and help you create the space to attract the desires that you have in your life. So if you are interested in this workshop, there is a link to sign up in the bio and it is January 30th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you can't make it all good, you can actually get it anyway, and I'll send you the resources and the recording of it so you can watch it when works for you. So make sure you check that out as well. 
but I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope that your 2021 is cruising through. I hope that you are doing well. And if you need anything at all, please let me know. I am taking new clients starting in February. So if you want to get together, I'd love to know how I can help you achieve your goals for 2021. All right, my friend, remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine. You're so worthy of it, my friend.